Hello and welcome to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us this week. Your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, happy President's Day week. Um, we are more than halfway through February and hopefully coming out on the other side of winter, although Colorado doesn't really seem to be <laughs> cooperating with that. We've had a lot of snow the last couple of weeks and there's more forecasted this week, but um, it's what we have to get through to get to the sunshine of spring. So um, it's funny, just as we're recording this, that it is President's Day week, or President's Day, <laughs> <laughs> President's Week um, in the United States, um, because the topic that we have today um, starts off with politics. So, um, Balin and I both had a couple of different experiences last week that got us thinking, as they usually <laughs> do, about something to talk with you guys about. So, Val, do you want to talk about what you experienced in Idaho? Yeah, so I was um, fortunate enough that I got a tag team or not tag team, but just tag along with my mom. Uh, she's a state representative in the state of Idaho. And just see what politics is like and what it's like to be a state representative. Um, it's always eye-opening, and I learned so much um, on all sorts of levels and how policy and procedures are implemented and bills are introduced and all sorts of things, um, which I have to say I don't necessarily want to get into politics after that, or at least <laughs> at, at that level. Um, but I guess you never say never. Um, but there was one thing that kind of occurred to, occurred while I was there, and I I don't know whether it was fortunate or unfortunate that I wasn't actually sitting in listening on this committee meeting, but in the education uh, committee, there was three representatives that walked out as the superintendent introduced a bill or was or was discussing what what that bill was and it was committee members walked out of a committee hearing yes oh be, my gosh because they didn't under they didn't like what she was proposing so just coming from some of my experience on capitol hill i i was a legislative aide for three years three different sessions um there's a lot of bills that come under the dome that that uh representatives and members don't like if they walked out of every committee where they were hearing a bill that they didn't like, nothing would ever get done at the Capitol, and enough nothing already gets done that um, that would make it a really difficult way to conduct business. So, And what was even more ironic about this um, specific piece of legislation is it was backed by the governor of Idaho. And they walked out on it. And they walked out on it. Were they the same of the same party as the governor? They were. Wow. <laughs> so to give you a little background of what what the Idaho legislators are dealing with, there you go. And yeah, so anyway. So three adult elected representatives walked out of a committee hearing on a committee that they serve on because they didn't like what was being um, what was being presented. That is that is absolutely correct. So let's act like a bunch of twelve year olds. 12-year-olds yeah. might actually have better man manners. Yeah. No, and it's it's really frustrating for me to have, and they're not my specific elected officials, but to know that we have elected officials that, that can't even hear debate or can't even hear conversation about these tough issues. Education is one of the toughest issues Absolutely. they deal with, and they can't even hear that out. 
Yeah, and even more frustrating if you were one of their constituents, that they weren't willing to hear something that has the potential to affect you, whether positively or negatively. Absolutely. Um, they just left. Yeah, so that was that was my experience, and I think after I kind of ranted to you about that, you said you had another kind of lobbyist encounter that was along those same lines. Yeah, so um, I had to be in a meeting in Denver last week for um, with, with a state department, and we were talking about policies and regulations and everything as, as they relate to um, some parts of agriculture in Colorado, and um, there was a lobbyist there, and he was he was talking about how nothing can get done because um, the three executive chambers are held by um, one party in our state. And um, he was going on and on and on about how nothing can get done and, you know, don't bother trying and and this is useless. We're going to be, you know, until, until we have another takeover of the chambers, we aren't going to get anything done. And, um, you know, I don't affiliate with any party because I find it completely un I find both of them completely unreasonable to deal with and I don't like being told what to do um, but I found it really really aggravating um, to hear someone who was supposed to be speaking on our behalf that's what lobbyists do you know they go they take the time and go and paddle through the mud for you um, if you can't be down at the Capitol to to advocate for your own issues um, it's really disheartening to hear Here's someone who spends day in, day out at the Capitol have that kind of an attitude. And I know that it hasn't been fun in the Colorado Capitol these last two years. Um, you know, there's definitely an agenda. There's messages being sent. Um, but, you know, the one thing is that Capitol is full of adults, ostensibly, at least in age. And it's a lot the same thing where everybody, everybody's acting like they never learned common manners that you would have learned from your mom, you know? And it's it's just disheartening because it's like, wow, really? We're all a bunch of grown-ups and we can't get along. And it's what what kind of a what kind of a, a, a example are we setting for ourselves, for our children, for younger people? I mean, when I was when I was younger, um, I I desperately wanted to be in politics, not necessarily an elected official, but definitely working um, you know, as a lobbyist or, or as a legislative aide or, or something like that. And I mean, watching the last two years, um, has made me wonder what the heck I was ever thinking. Now the family joke is that, um, my mom and dad would have far preferred me to have been a truck driver rather than a politician or even <laughs> adjacent to politicians. But, um, you know, with time you start to see the point and it's just really frustrating because you think, you know, you have all these great ideas and you think that you could be part of something bigger and even try to be part of a solution or compromises and compromise isn't even a a word they want to use it's a swear word practically it's you know if there is no compromise because you know from their point of view if you compromise you've obviously failed and you have no moral standing and you're a terrible human being and you should leave and you know i know that we don't have as much life experience as a lot of those people but um looking back through history and just times in our own lives that not a lot gets done without compromise and i think it's it's good to take a stand it's good to know where your morals are but it's also so okay to at least hear out the other side and how can we come to a middle ground because i think whether it's agriculture whether it's specific issues um on capitol hill or wherever 
we all want to take care of our families. Mm-hmm. We all want to take care of our friends. And we all want to live in a society that benefits us all. And some, you know, we want to drive on roads or we want to take care of education. And, and it's all in different, um, different ways and standards. But I think if you were to sit down with each separate person, they would come down to some of the same standard goals. <laughs> yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But... You know, when you've got when you're when you're part of a faction or a party that that is so far one way or the other, and that you taking one small step towards the middle results in you, you know, getting shoved out of office or not getting reelected, um, you know, really puts the heat on at least for politicians. And and when it comes to when it comes to you know other problems or or challenges in society that citizens face, it. It seems much the same thing, and and you know, I came across this graphic on Facebook a few days ago that I thought really, really sort of sums it up really well. Um, we have been taught to avoid talking about politics and religion, and in doing so, that has led to a lack of understanding of politics and religion. What we should have been taught was how to have a civil conversation about a difficult topic. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, ouch is right, right? And it talks about politics and religion specifically in that in that little meme that I saw, but I thought the whole difficult topic thing was was much more poignant and it it led me straight to agriculture as it always does. <laughs> it does. And I I think about every difficult conversation in agriculture that's going on and we can talk on multiple we've got immigration the big hot topic with the border wars trade Mm -hmm. you um the beyond burger and competition in the production animal agriculture all this environmentalist sustainability we've been talking about climate change or global warming organic versus versus conventional you know there's there's lots and lots of vegan attacks and chatter from from the outside in um you know uh, different agriculture sector against other agricultural sectors. I mean, there's an awful lot of there's pl- there there's no shortage of difficult topics to to, to discuss in agriculture. Um, but I think that there is a significant shortage of willingness to try and address those topics. You know, we get we get the uh, we get the surface level of stuff and the stuff that isn't too isn't too heavy and doesn't rock the boat too much, but. Um, you know, you start digging deeper and start asking hard questions and you get, you get answers like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to get into that. I would keep your nose clean. Yeah. And it just, it's frustrating because it's, we, we have age separation. We have gender separation. We have race separation. We have geographic separation. We have all these separations that are, that are good excuses. Hi. I like that. That's absolutely true. Because it's like, well... Well, the dairy farm in Maryland, uh, they just don't understand how, how we do it out here in the West. Well, let's change that. Yeah. Why don't we actually talk to them? For dairy farmers, for crying out loud, you must have something in common. Right. Or, or the organic farmers or the soybean farmers that are making the Beyond Burger. Like, they probably have a byproduct that we could be feeding cattle. Like, or why are they coming? We don't have to, we can agree to disagree when we sit down, but let's at least see their point of view. Let's at least sit down. And it's, it's a hard thing to do. It is really difficult to sit across the table from somebody and listen to them, um, listen to them say things that make you uncomfortable that you don't agree with. Um, you know, I, (laughs) 
this is a little embarrassing to admit, but I will. Um, in my, I was in an ag leadership program. It was a two-year program um, to develop to develop agricultural leaders, the next generation of agricultural leaders. And for about the first nine months to a year, I had the reputation for being the hothead um, when it came to me hearing things on tours or just in discussions um, about stuff that I didn't like or or strongly disagreed with. I and I. Um, you know, I'm a fair-skinned person, so I blush pretty easily, and they would all get, my classmates would all think that it was pretty funny that I would get red so fast, um, you know, when something really bugged me, and so I really had to learn how to control my emotions and, and um, you know, listen to what was being said, and that was the easy part, <laughs> um, believe it or not, because once I was able to do that, then you have to start being willing to have that conversation and with I, someone who is telling you that your way of life is wrong or bad or blah, blah, blah. And I think, like, when, I, when I'm when i in those situations, I get defensive really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, my family has been on the land for over 100 years, and they've worked really hard for what we have. And 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 I just get defensive. Uh, and it, and it, when my moral characters or... A project is questioned I the first thing I do is get defensive and then once I take a step back and listen and I do a gut check that's also a harsh reality to to be honest with yourself and your industry that we're not perfect we're not here we're not going to be able to be here for another hundred years doing things the way that you have for the last hundred years yeah and that's hard (laughs) because it's like when you put sweat equity into something and you work so dang hard to realize that there might be another option that's easier and more profitable or that we've got to look and I've got I might have to sell some of the cows or we might have to start renting out the farmland for potatoes or we might have to look at these different business models we might have to go organic or non-gmo even though it's a little different than the way we had to but doing that harsh gut check i think is the first part in having those hard conversations because i don't think we want to remove that shield and show our vulnerability to have those hard conversations that we need to have whether it's at a political level whether it's across the kitchen table with our families or with somebody in the industry we totally disagree with yeah yeah i (laughs) i couldn't agree more (laughs) (laughs) and you know it it's easy to sit here and say this, um, and I mean the the experiences that we've had in the last week really popped it up into our minds, and and especially that quote that we read earlier. What we should have been taught was was how to have a civil conversation about a difficult topic. Um, you know that just rings it rings really really true, and and got us wondering, well, geez, how are we going to put our money where our, where our, where our mouths are? And we've been talking about this and we've said it, um, but we want to take it into action and start having having more guests on. We've been a little laxed in that department for, for from the beginning of the year, um, just trying to figure out what 2020 looks like for us. But we want to start having those harder conversations on here. And it's going to, it might be next week, it might be a few weeks out, um, but we want to start putting our money where our mouth are and having s- some people on 
that might question our values. Catherine and I um, don't tend to question each other very often. We're, we're good friends. We have similar values and viewpoints. And we're also not somebody to be confrontation confrontational with either. And so we want to start rocking the boat a little bit more and see, seeing how we can start making a difference in having these hard conversations. Yes, we do. And um, you listeners are absolutely part of this. And um, I had to call you guys out just a little bit because it seems as though from our social media interactions that you guys pretty much agree with what we have to say by and large. Um, we've really only had one interaction where someone was upset about the topic that we were talking about and had a completely different viewpoint than us. Um, and fortunately, we were able to keep her as a listener, and we're very glad that we did. Um, and it was... What was cool about that interaction, for me anyway, was that it was a civil conversation. Yes. She said, I'm going to listen to another episode. I don't like what you said about, it was specifically country of origin labeling. Um, and it's a very emotional topic. And and we agreed that we were going to disagree on that and encouraged her to keep listening. And we haven't heard from her since. And if she, I hope you know who you are um, and that... If you are still listening, we really appreciate and want you to reach back out to us to, as well. So, yeah, coming up, we 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 want to focus more on a little more controversy um, in our podcast, but civil controversy. Because, I mean, everywhere you look these days, whether it's social media, whether it's regular media, on the radio, any of those places... Um, you know, what sells is division. And so it's, it's very, very, um, very much in demand to, to put people on sides. And that's fine. But civility has distinctly left the conversation. And we want to know about these hard topics. We want to be able to discuss them. We want to learn more about them. Um, and be able to go and have a beer afterwards with someone that we had talked to about a difficult difficult conversation. So um, be listening for that in the coming weeks. If you have ideas of what we could talk about or someone that we could talk with, whether it's you or someone you know, someone you think that we should engage with, please, please let us know. Um, You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Millennial Ag. um, And you can also email us Catherine at MillennialAg.com. And that's Catherine, K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. So we're looking to hear from you guys for your suggestions and and what you want to hear about. And Valine and I, I don't know if we're saying we're looking forward to it, but we're going to be going to be looking to get uncomfortable here in the next few weeks. Yes, we are. And we thank you um, for listening. <laughs>